Welcome back to Beyond the Barbell. I am Ben Alderman. And as usual, we are brought to you by Reebok, the official outfitter of CrossFit and the CrossFit Games. This episode is brought to you live from the Spartan World Championships in Squaw Valley, California. It should also be said that we are sitting down with quite possibly one of the most incredible human beings you will ever hear from, a guy who maintains a very physical full-time job and also coaches a handful of athletes to their OCR goals, that's obstacle course racing for you newbies, and he also uh, is maintaining his own high level of fitness so he can compete at a world-class level himself. This episode is also brought to you by FitAid, although it's worth mentioning that during this weekend, I probably drank just as much FocusAid as I did FitAid as I was trying to stay as sharp as possible, take in all the sights, and have great conversations with our world-class guests. Anyway, enjoy the show, guys. We're in Squaw Valley on site of the Spartan World Championship, and we're sitting here with Mark Montagna. He is an elite Spartan racer, uh, an Ironman. Uh, this dude is... Kind of doing it all this weekend. <laughs> Just finished up the Spartan race and uh, yeah, got to get to work. Got to get to work now. Yeah, he's got to get to work, <laughs> but he's used to that. He's used yes. to kind of balancing uh, work and training. Absolutely. So, man, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So you were just letting us know that you have quite a few nicknames, aka <laughs> Iron Man, aka yeah. Mister Fit Aid. Oh yeah. I mean, where's all that come from? Well, it comes from being in the industry, I guess, for a few years, um, and just. Um, Supporting the, you know, Fit Aid. As, you know, I'm, I'm an ambassador. I'm a sponsored athlete, um, and I just love Fit Aid. And I go out there support it, and, and people recognize me because I'm always wearing their gear. And so, yeah, I just they just call you Mr. Fit Aid. Yeah, yeah, See, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure Fit Aid is like cannot be any happier about that. Yeah, like, it's an honor. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm only as good as because of my team and my support staff. I mean, that's why I am who I am today. Well, who you are, at least from a uh, like a personal energy perspective is, dude, you're a happy guy. You're an extremely positive guy. Um, you, we have only known you a couple days, right? We, we met you yesterday at the at the Fit Aid house, um, and we still got to hear a little bit about your story. Mm-hmm. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about that, like your day to day life. It's not the the typical professional athlete, right? Right. Well, I am a UPS driver Monday through Friday, and I'm an industrial what we call an industrial athlete. And uh, basically, I get out there. Um, I have a route where I have a lot of stairs, and I carry a lot of packages. So I get my workout pretty much. Get paid workout. Like that's every your training. Day. Yeah. That's your, yeah. <laughs> you try to approach it that way, like you're training. Well, like I have days. a sense of urgency all the time. I uh, take the stairs. You know, I take never take the easy way. I never take the elevator. You know, I'm always looking for the challenge. And uh, yeah, I am a pretty happy guy because I got a lot to be thankful for. Um, I'm a coach. You know, I help people get better. Um, you know, I have a son who's 20 years old. He's doing great. I have a great job. A great support staff, like I was saying. I'm so I'm very thankful for. I'm, Look at this beautiful venue we're at. I mean, we're Squaw Valley, Spartan Championships, and it couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more. No, I know. And Ben and I were talking about that a little bit amongst ourselves, about how this sport is kind of like a – it's a destination sport. Absolutely. Right? You go to races – uh, not just because you want to do races, but you pick the ones in the locations where you want to travel right, to. Right, right. I mean, Spartan Race has taken me to Japan. It's taken me 
coast to coast. Um, I've raced 20 or 18 races this year. And, I mean, you know, we've gone up and down the coast, California coast to Montana. Um, I mean, it's just been amazing. And when I'm not racing, I'm also part of the Spartan staff, so I'm in their DJ MC. I did not know that. So, (laughs) man, you can put off this super positive vibe. I love it. Uh, Do you think that's kind of like how you get so much stuff done? Oh, yeah. You know, know, yeah, if you... You know, you got to wake up every day knowing you're going to handle your SHITs, you know, excuse my language. But, you know, you just, you know, a lot of people, they think too much about stuff and they convince themselves not to do stuff. And so me, I'm always positive and I'm always have that outlook that I can do anything I put my mind to pretty much. You know, you just you got to think like that. Right, and you put your mind to, you said, 18 races this year yep. alone, and, and it's po- not over yet. And a podium nine of them. Podium nine of them. Yep. Um, is that typical? For I mean, you're in, you're in the elite category, right? Correct. You're You're one of the top-rated athletes in your age group. Absolutely. Probably one of the top-rated guys overall. Oh, yeah, it's a hard, hard. It's is that been, typical, though? Are people doing that many races at your level? Well, so check this out. I have a, fit, a pass, you know, I was sponsored because FIDE got me a pass because they're part of the sponsor of Spartan. Right. Uh, but, you know, not everybody has the luxury to travel like I do. I just, like I said, I have an amazing support staff. I, UPS, I've been there 18 years, so I have a lot of time off with them. Yeah, you've, you've built up a lot of t- vacation <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, so, and I have at work at UPS, I have an amazing manager, uh, amazing support staff there. So I cannot, you know, say so, you know enough about them as well because I couldn't be here if it wasn't for them either. So what is your goal? I mean, tell our listeners what your goal is for the end of the year. Why are you doing so many races? Why are you, what's pushing you? All right. So this year I had a lot of goals. Um, I wanted to start off the year like I ended it. So last year I won uh, the SoCal race, first place. The beginning of this year I won again, first place. So I started it and ended it, you know. And those, was that, were those your first wins? R- well, my first, yeah. Oh, yeah, first place, yes, exactly. Okay. And then... So my goal this year was to have 10 podiums, so I'm one away from that. And then another goal of mine was to be top 10 in the stadium series. So Spartan has a stadium series where they just go to, like, all the stadiums around the country. So I've been to Lambeau Field, AT&T, Washington Nationals Park. Dude, how cool is that? And check this out. So I'm fifth ranked in that series. So my goal for that was to get a season pass. If you're top 10, you get a season pass if you're top 10. So For the next year? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so that way next year you get to go to as many stadium Correct. races as you want to. And I to. wanted to earn it. You know, you, you take more pride when you earn stuff. So, I, I mean, you can get stuff given to you, but uh, I feel like I wanted to earn that. I know what that's like. I'm like the king of getting free stuff. <laughs> You're so good at it. Yeah, so anyway, and that's a little bit off topic, but, hey, right, you know. You what, never can deny swag. Right. <laughs> Just to clarify, so when you say you wanted to get 10 podium finishes, are those 10 Overall podiums or 10 podiums within your age bracket? Okay, so I am. No, we don't even know how old you are. Okay, yes. I am 41 years old. I'm going to be 42 this year. So right. I am in the elite master's category. Okay. 40 and up. 40 and up. Correct. And so usually I finish uh, in the top 20 overall and then uh, in the master's, you know, top three, top and they, five. And they separate podiums for that as well. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So that you get prize money for that as well. So it's pretty cool, man, when you can come to a race, you know, and earn some money, you know, spending money. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I got to ask you, man, with all the stuff that you are doing, right, emceeing, UPS driver, running, working for Fit Aid, uh, whatever, how do you, what would you put as your, like, primary 
thing? What do you define yourself as? Uh, well, I like to... I mean, I've accomplished so much already, so I, I like giving back now. So that's where that coaching factor comes in. Um, I just, I've accomplished so much personally that I want to help others get better. So that, in the, that is the end game is, you know, to, to really do well so people see my accomplishments and they want to come train with me because of they've seen of what I've done. I mean, today... I mean, legends are born in these races. And today I smashed the swim up there when people were, like, just crying up there, you know. It's so cold and everything. But, you know, I just jumped in. I cannonballed in and, and handled it. And that's where legends are made. People see that, and they want to come train with you. So that's what I'm trying to do is just set a good example. I want to be a really good racer. I want to set a good example for kids and just show them that you can do anything you put your mind to. What type of resources are there out there currently for uh, people that want to do obstacle course racing? Well, in San Diego, we have now, because uh, I'm from San Diego, we have a, a few gyms now, now that are going towards OCR. You know, they, they have a lot of variety, CrossFit. They do a lot of uh, functional stuff and OCR. Um, and then that, I coach with Machete Madness, which is an endurance coaching. So what we do is we take guys that want to do those hurricane heats, those four-hour, 12-hour, 24-hour long-distance races. This is like they're going through as many laps as they can? Well, you're just doing these crazy carrying those tires like up and down the mountain you're doing a lot of endurance team stuff team building stuff so what i do is machete victor and myself we're coaches and we take people down to the water we get them out of their um comfort zones we break them down and we build them up and we show them that we give them the confidence to do these races so that when they come here they're going to be smashing it because they already know what it's like you know Gotcha. Yeah, so that's So you're preparing much... them physically, but it's also mental. Oh, yeah. This race is a lot mental. If you got, if you got to be mental strong up there on the mountain, because, yeah, you can quit on yourself easily. Well, let's talk about this this course in particular. So I was telling Ben that I came up here four or five years ago for a Tough Mudder when they hosted it here, and it looked like a similar – I mean, the track that you go across is similar, but obviously the obstacles are different, the variables are different, the weather is different. There's so much stuff that can be different. Right. And um, approaching each, each weekend or each race, you're going to you have to take that into account but why don't you talk a little bit about this course in particular and how it compares to some of the harder races that you've done okay well i um see so lake tahoe is kind of like the celebration of the spartan year you know you do you like you said you do all the different venues every different venue has different challenges weather inclement weather uh elevation gains such as, but check this out this venue particularly is notorious for weather changes like today it's beautiful tomorrow it could be snowing like last year so the the weather changes really quick a uh, lot of fast descents uh, really steep ascents and i was telling my girl earlier um you know, this place has a lot of nooks and crannies where they hide stuff, and they just hide a lot of obstacles. So you could be just coming around a corner, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you walk up on the Hercule hoist. And this race particularly had two of each obstacle. So we had to do two Herc hoists, two spear throws. two. And you didn't know that going in. Well, we all knew it, but, um, you know, I don't let it psych me out. Right. Well, yeah, you're you're a veteran enough now. It's like right. whatever they put out there doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, and we were we were looking for more challenging race. This so Spartan definitely brought the A, a game, and it was an amazing race. So I'm curious about that side of things because you said you work for Spartan in the correct. In some, when you're downtime, you do the, the emceeing. Um, 
Do you get to see behind the scenes a little bit of how they set stuff up? Oh, yeah. That's that's another great aspect of working for Spartan. And so I get to see both sides of the fence. You know, I get to see the staff side. I get to see the spectator side, the athlete side. So you get an appreciation for what it takes to put these races on. I mean, because, you know, you come out here and and to think, you know, having to put obstacles on the mountain is not easy. You how know? do they do it? How do they get stuff up there? It's those big gators and those big old, uh, you know, forklifts. Yeah? Yeah. Helicopter and stuff in? <laughs> no, I mean, damn. No, they, they really do. They've got it down to a science now. Um, it's pretty, pretty awesome. What type of, because, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of our listeners aren't fully engulfed into OCR or anything like that. Okay. What type of uh, safety precautions are up there to keep everyone safe? When you have, like, 5,000 people or whatever the heck are out here running, right. how do you ensure that everybody's staying safe? That's a very good question. Um, safety? You know, it's kind of up to you, um, and so I guess they don't let you kick the bell anymore, which that used to be, I guess, an issue. You know, people used to go kick fall. it and fall, so now you have to hit it with your hand. Um, Are got, there personnel up there or anybody if you need to, like, if you're feeling weird or There's, like there's volunteers. They have a lot of volunteers staffed up there, and then they do have great communication between staff and volunteers, so if anyone does fall, you know, they have a walkie-talkie. They get people to them right away. Um, so I've never seen that be an issue as far as, like, anyone really hurting themselves yeah. surprisingly i mean you see this and you would think oh man we're gonna have some issues but no they do pretty well pretty the mantra good. beforehand is like nobody left behind like everybody helps out and like, oh yeah i'm sure if somebody saw somebody really hurting up there dude, they're gonna help like, them the bigger the bigger picture is to take care of this person absolutely yeah safety's always uh, at the foremost yeah so in the in the world of competitive crossfit the events change every year right at the crossfit games and there are a few events that are somewhat legendary as being difficult, like the 2009 Sandbag Hill Run. It's like <laughs> a one-minute, 200-meter sprint up a hill carrying 70 pounds of sandbags. Right on. Everybody's legs just – people were getting carted down the hill because there was so much pump, right? Right, right. So people still talk about that. Are there any – is there anything like that in Spartan where it was like, oh, do you remember that one year when we oh, did this? Definitely, definitely. The, the, the swim, like I said, is always legendary. The swim this year? Oh, every year. Every year. 40 degrees. Right. <laughs> and so you get in there, and it not, takes the wind out of you. Right. So, you know, the swims are always legendary. Uh, t- today we had double sandbag carry. And, and it's, it's not necessarily the, the what we're carrying, but it's the length, the, the length of it. They get some crazy long like hikes with these things right and so we're going like a mile with the sand right right Right. and this year double sandbag so people are going to be talking about that double double bucket carries double everything so it was awesome it was awesome i like them raising it up a notch yep yep that's cool man all right yeah next week i'm headed to philly to do that stadium race so that's why i had to you know save a little leg at this race for next week save (laughs) a little leg so you just did 16 and a half miles but a little slower well that's the thing you know i mean i did it in four hours so it wasn't i probably could have saved some more but you know where did you place I placed 15th in uh, Masters. 15th. Yeah. So that's a pretty big division, 40 and over. That's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. and you get international people from around the world at this yeah. particular event. Yeah. So, yeah, to finish top 20 in the world, top 15 in the world, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So talk a little bit about, like, your particular approach towards uh, 
hydration and maybe potentially in-race nutrition? Oh, man, another awesome question for people who don't know what this is about because that is almost like 75% of the race. You, you really got to have your Fit Aid fuel packs up there on the mountain. You know, you got to really be staying hydrated. You got to be, I mean, that is the most important part is because you got to stay hydrated. How many ounces of fluid do you drink in a race? Well, for me, um, I like to do most of my hydration the day before. Most of it is all the prep is done the day before. I go out there with shoes and shorts, usually no backpack, and I just drink at the aid stations a little bit, you know, and I just have my Fit Aid fuel pack and um, the Fit Aid, man, at the end of the race, and that's all you need. I guess if you're going four hours... But yeah, that's a window that you can you can kind of like right. get by. If you're starting to do the uh, these ultra exactly. ultra stuff, and then that changes things a little right. bit. Right. Yeah. So now, for people who don't know, there's an ultra beast out here, and the ultra beast is two laps of the beast, which is pretty crazy, because you're doing 33 miles. Yes, and four of each obstacle. Four of each <laughs> obstacle. Four spear throws. So you got to have some food up there. You got to. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. They actually on their lap, they'll come back into a little staging area where they'll have all their food and all their stuff is that actually that time where they're uh refueling and whatnot is that counted against their time yeah times yeah absolutely time still takes running for sure yeah and those guys those guys are taking like 12 13 hours to do that race you know for for this one it's going to be even longer damn so they got headlamps out there they'll be out there till nine o'clock at night you know and i'll be at that finish line waiting for them to hand them a nice cold fitted when they finish (laughs) that's a good dude right there. that's how we do it that's how we do it at life aid i love it supporting everybody (laughs) hell yeah man um so if somebody like you were saying we have the nutrition covered right but if somebody wants to get into it is it really just signing up for a race and jumping out here and doing it or is there some prep that they should be doing beforehand because like some people might be listening and they literally they don't train yeah they don't run yeah you know like mm-hmm. step one what is it well step one i would say is uh do a couple miles every day just you know I always say when you're starting any program, baby steps, because you, a lot of people, they start too quick. They get discouraged. I say stay within you, what you know and what you can do and build on that. So, uh, you know, a couple miles every other day. What I like to do is I do some running, some rowing, some cycling. That way we can switch it up. And then... Uh, you do a lot of functional stuff, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, you know, nothing crazy. You, I mean, p- people sometimes think, overthink things, you know, and, and you, sometimes it's better just to simplify it and just stay within the, you know, power core zone, nice um, strength in the biceps. Like Hunter says, biceps win races. And so, like anything, just always start. Hunter says a lot of stuff. <laughs> he does say a lot of stuff. That's my boy. He finished fifth today. I know. Uh, he crushed it. So, yeah, I mean, for anyone who's looking looking to get into the sport i'd say take it day by day one day at a time stay consistent you know build on your build on it every day build on your foundation and you can do it just stay positive and go out there and do it sign up for a sprint sign up for like a mud run or like a fun mud run that's not as serious even you know some of those bubble runs or the foam runs or something just to get out there and do a 5k and just get the experience of it and then you just go out and build on that you know, I started out with a 5K, and now I'm doing half Ironmans. And, you know, that's how you just work your way up. You do a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. You know, you just, same thing. You do a sprint, a super, a beast, and then you just work your way up. 
Right, well, if people want to either reach out to you for programming or just kind of follow what you're doing, watch you carry uh, heavy packages up flights of stairs, <laughs> um, where, where can they find you online? Well, my name is Mark Montano on Facebook. You guys can you know hit me up anytime. I'll be happy to answer any questions for any newbies looking for some good tips. And um, Ironman619 on IG. I post a lot of great tips there, and uh, you can see all my adventures. Awesome. And you guys, as usual, just follow us at BTB Podcast. Heck yeah. And uh, check out our website, btbpodcast.com. Right. And on. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you.